I'm just a boy from Kansas out to save the world from chronic disease. And I truly mean that. Nobody is in control of your health but you. I can't heal you. Your doctor can't heal you. You have to heal you. And it's all about having the education empowerment to know what you need to be changing within yourself, within your life, to set your soul free and accomplish that best life that we all like to talk about. And I truly believe that the greatest medicine of all is to teach people how not to need it. I'm Brendan Vermeyer, the original Holistic Savage. Welcome to the Holistic Savage Podcast. All right. We are finally live. So welcome to the Holistic Savage podcast. Uh, I am Bren Vermeyer, the original Holistic Savage. I am super excited to have my good friend, Dr. Carrie Jones on today. Carrie, you look amazing. How are you, my friend? <laughs> I am great. And I'm great because look, I have my I have my Holistic Savage t-shirt on. So you sure do. I'm representing awesome. today. They're soft, right? You know, they're cozy. What'd you say? They're soft shirts. They're nice and cozy, yeah? They're really nice. Yeah, you did a really good job. Yeah, my, nice yeah, job. My, my team did a good job. <laughs> good, nice job, team. Nice job, job Brendan's team. Yeah, they, yeah they, for they, sure. They do good. They work hard. Well, I'm super excited. So the Holistic Savage podcast, uh, I was typing up a nice description for what is this podcast all about, but ultimately, it's all about everything related to holistic health, specifically functional medicine, functional fitness, functional spirituality, functional psychology, you know, anybody that's in kind of the holistic, functional, integrative world, mm -hmm. uh, we know it, it takes all the above. So, you know, today's episode probably going to be more so along the lines of functional medicine, but it's always fun to have just these free-flowing organic conversations. We'll see where it goes. We might yeah. talk about rubbing crystals on her head. Um, but Dr. Jones, Carrie, <laughs> where do we even begin? There's so much. So you are, you know, I'll, I'll be posting your formal bio so everybody can see you know, what that exactly looks like, but obviously a uh, doctor of naturopathic medicine, mm -hmm. you're the direct, the medical director for mm -hmm. precision analytical makers of the, uh, the Dutch test. So I'd love to just kind of kickstart and we'll kind of back up almost like interview style of like, okay, when did hormones, like you are the queen of hormones. I feel like you've established <laughs> as the hormone queen. So when did hormones really come into your life as like your jam, you know what I mean? Right. You know, it's funny. So I tell people all the time, I've known I wanted to be a women's health doctor since I was a little kid. I knew I wanted to be a gynecologist. I thought I wanted to be a pediatrician or an OBGYN and go into women's health since the, the dawn of day. I took a little side turn. I thought I was going to be a marine biologist and I lived in the Florida Keys for a couple months, worked at a dolphin research center and a shark lab down there. Um, Loved it, decided that in that marine life was more fun on vacation, <laughs> not so much what I wanted to do. And so I switched back into medicine and uh, I was on the conventional track to go to conventional allopathic medical school. And I realized that form was not for me. That's not what really felt filled my heart. Mm -hmm. uh, I was working, I was volunteering at a hospital that did a lot of community outreach for uh, prevention medicine. Now it was their form of prevention, but still it was my introduction. It was blood pressure, lowering prevention, weight loss prevention, diabetes prevention. And we would go out in the community and take blood pressure checks and blood sugar checks. And we would talk about exercise and I loved it. It was very fulfilling to me. Moved to Oregon on a whim, believe it or not. Mm -hmm. And uh, th this month of recording, July is my 20th year out in the Northwest. So mm -hmm. I'm not 
a Northwesterner by or a Pacific Northwesterner by birth, but I figure 20 years puts me pretty close. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're pretty. And then I found the naturopathic school out here, and I was like, oh, this is it. And I chose women's health and gynecology, and that's what that's what I studied. And I did my two-year residency in women's health and gynecology, and you know, when you just find what you're good at and it just clicks, you know, some people are good at fixing cars. Some people are good at um, coding on the computer. You know, some people are good at teaching kids. Um, I am not good at any of those things, but I am good at hormones. And <laughs> so I just stuck with it. And um, that's, that's what I tell people that I do. And, and it's great because I, I know about other stuff and I just refer out when it, when it doesn't fit in my wheelhouse, you know, mm -hmm. when somebody comes in with joint pain or somebody comes in needing something neurological, some, you know, like cardiovascular, I just refer out for that. But hormone stuff is what I get. It's your jam. It's my jam. It's my jam. Yep. For sure. So I love that. You yeah. know, I, I actually once upon a time, probably back in like fourth, fifth grade, uh, I wanted to be a marine biologist. That was, you know, my childhood thing. Uh, Cause I just, I love sharks. They're like my favorite animal and I love mm -hmm. scuba diving and all that. And I created like, I remember I did a report one time on Jacques Cousteau, you know, oh, yeah. marine biologist, dude. I'm not sure when that all went away and somehow, but here we are, you know, yep. in this conversation. Right. Still, still just as good. Still just as good. Absolutely. Yeah. So you went to, was it Bastyr or what was this? No, school? I went to the school in Portland. So it, at the time it was the National College of Naturopathic Medicine mm -hmm. and it is now the National University of Natural Medicine. So Very I good. got my. ND there. And then I went on, I went, I decided I wanted to do a lot more international women's work. So I got my master's in public health, oh, um, wow. with a focus on sort of international work. Thinking, I was thinking at the time that I would do a lot more with NGOs. Um, mm -hmm. and I wanted to be boots on the ground type of work with women and, uh, in other countries. And, uh, I didn't go that route. I didn't, I don't work for an NGO. Um, but I am boots on the ground and I'm definitely lecturing in other countries and I definitely lecture on women's health and hormones. So mm -hmm. uh, it's, it was a good decision. Absolutely. Well, you have to, you just have to, you know, look inwards, listen to your intuition, chase what sets your soul on fire. And um, yeah, it's just describing it in the last podcast recording. It's kind of like you're stumbling around in the cold and the dark and it's smoky, but you feel that, that ray of light that just kind of warms you up from the inside. And it's like, Oh, like that direction. And you don't know where it leads. You just have to keep pursuing that. And sometimes you, kind of steer off course and it gets like dark and cold again. It's like, Oh no, go back to the light. And mm -hmm. you know, here you are, but you, and, and you still chase that. But I also think that's how you've got to do it. Cause I, I feel like in a way it's, it's almost like this divine sort of calling or responsibility mm -hmm. to, to serve your purpose. Um, mm -hmm. Whether that's the story that we make up in our own heads or there's something deeper to it, but either way, absolutely. You need to have the biggest impact on this world possible. And I think that's where, yeah, you know, working privately with patients or clients. Okay. That's, that's great. It's super fulfilling, but at the same time, that line is never going to end, you know? Mm -hmm. So the way to get ahead of that is, you know, all of the lecturing that you're doing internationally, you're educating practitioners. You're, so you really are having a big, bigger impact that way. And I'd certainly, you know, commend you for doing all that. Yeah, absolutely. And it's what I love to do. Education, yeah. um, education and empowering, definitely the two E's that I go after. So uh, I'll keep it up. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, I mean, yeah. it's grace, mess and involves teach people how not to need it. You know, yep. that's what this whole 
podcast is all about is trying to get uh, a lot of good uh, education out there uh, to help people heal and help people mm -hmm. accomplish their best life that everybody loves to hashtag and talk about. But what are we actually doing to get there? So Right. It's funny. Somebody, I read it somewhere. Maybe somebody put a comment on my post about, you know, they were talking about estrogen and progesterone and they're like, what's the optimal estrogen progesterone ratio? Mm -hmm. And um, it must've been something I read and uh, it was brilliant. I wish I could, I wish I would have saved it so I could credit the person, but um, they were like, there's no perfect estrogen progesterone ratio because every woman is different. Every, you know, obviously every man is different too, but mm -hmm. Like the estrogen progesterone ratio that works for me is going to be different from like my mom. It's going to be different from my best friend. It's going to be different from my, you know, my teenager. And so it just depends on the person. And even somebody who's the exact same age as me and, you know, maybe even as the same body type as me and the same height as me, when I feel really good, they might feel terrible. Like that, you know, their estrogen progesterone may give them really bad PMS or like still not, may not be optimal enough. And it just goes back to that personalized medicine. And, um, you know, just, just really tuning in and tapping and knowing yourself and, and, and being able to say like, nope, this isn't working for me or no, I don't feel good or no, um, you know, why don't I feel, why don't I feel normal? E mm -hmm. Even if they tell you like, well, you're at the perfect ratio. It's like, well, for what? Against who? Like who said it, right? right. Like who's perfect? None right. of us. So it's, you're really just competing, comparing, looking at yourself at the end of the day. So when you talk about like living your best life, it goes for everything. Just yes. even in your, even in your lab work, you know, yeah. you can't, there's no optimal. I mean, there's like things we kind of guidelines we kind of go by, like there's just a vitamin D that we kind of shoot for, right? There's a ferritin that we go for. There's a TSH and thyroid we go for, but just because you had a TSH of two doesn't mean you feel great. You know? right, right. <laughs> it just depends on the person. Mm -hmm. Same for um, men and testosterone. So many men are like, well, I'm in normal range. I'm like, well, it doesn't mean it's normal for you. <laughs> right. I'm so glad you bring all of that up. And because you're exactly right, like, you know, live your best life. But then it's like, we got to really break down even the, the micro things of what does that mean? And everybody loves to think that the, the functional integrative kind of line of work is kind of straightforward, like you're going to run the test, it's going right. to tell you exactly what's going on. And it's just the simple equation of, you know, this, 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 uh, but it's not at all, especially like the Dutch test it is not, it, it, well, there really isn't such a test that's super straightforward. Cause as you said, there's like, no test. Yeah. Like right? the microbiome, there's no such thing as like an ideal microbiome. Everybody's mm -hmm. microbiome is totally different. Everybody's and hormone it, profile. It shifts. I was reading this research article that in, in a, in a drastic change in diet, your microbiome will shift in 24 hours. So if you eat a consistently yeah let's just say like the quote, perfect diet, right? You're like, whatever you do that, and it's really good. And then you go on vacation and you're like, screw it. And you have tons of alcohol and you have fried food and French fries. Cause you're on vacation yeah. and you take like within 24 hours, your microbiome is going to change. Now, mm -hmm. can it change back? Totally. But you know, like it's, everything is in constant flux and totally. even, even our hormones and the microbiome and I mean the skin on like, everything turns over right the skin yeah. in our the cells in our intestines the, the cells in our skin like we're a whole new person exactly after the, a while we are never the same yeah all the right. uh, I don't remember the exact numbers but it's like you know your liver replaces itself every you know yeah. three months or whatever it is thank it's, god it's, <laughs> I know right <laughs> poor thank <guy>. you liver <laughs> yeah no joke yeah. no joke so precision analytical uh you know, the Dutch test has just absolutely 
uh, become the go-to hormone test. And, you know, I've been using it for however long I've been using it. And it's, it's just the best thing ever when it comes to hormones. So, you know, we, I, I feel like we might as well get this dialogue going early in the conversation. <laughs> of like, you know, why the Dutch test? Because my hope, part of this too, like the functional world, we, we love our Dutch test, but, you know, why are conventional, you know, endocrinologists not fully, you know what I mean? And so that's, yeah. but, you know, serum testing, why the Dutch test? Well, I'll give you my own personal example, because yeah. I think a lot of times when you work for a company, people are automatically, you know, you have bias, and I, I totally get that. I have sure. bias, but I will tell you, um, so I started working for Dutch in 2012. I, I honestly volunteered for them. I had an intuitive hit. Um, I got the warm glow in my soul. So what happened was the owner came to the clinic that I was the medical director of and said, I have this test. It's dried urine. Um, would you be willing to try it? Now, I knew him because in his former life, he was the lab director of a very famous saliva company. And I respected him. I respected his work. He didn't know me, but I knew who he was. And I said, yeah, sure. I, I'll, I'll give it a try. So to give listeners a background, I like hormones is all I've done, right? I did my residency in it. I did my training in it. I, what I did in my practice. So I had done blood. I had done saliva. And now I was going to try dried urine. Mm-hmm. And I had given up on saliva. I would still use saliva for cortisol testing, but I didn't use it at all anymore for hormones at that time because I found it too um, all over the board, especially if I had somebody on hormones and they would, they, the numbers would be, you know, exponentially higher than physiologic than I expected. And then the lab was like, well, we adjusted the ranges. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm like, you're in the thousands. Like, I don't think this is right. Or, or their progesterone would be, you know, several thousand and they, they have all the symptoms of low progesterone. I'm like, something is wrong here. So I gave it up completely. And then I switched to dried urine. So I wasn't working for them when I, right away, I just started working with them in my clinic and we had nine practitioners and we all started using the Dutch test and I loved it. And I wrote the owner and I said, Hey, it seems like you could use some help. Do you need help? And he said, yeah, I'm a startup <laughs> company. I can't pay you, but I would love to have, I need a, I need a doctor's input um, more consistently. He had some doctor friends that he was going to, but not consistently. And I said, well, I've never worked for a lab before. I'd love to learn the field and I respect you and your work and what you do. I sure I'll work for free. And so we did that for a while, I believe longer than it probably should have, but I was seeing patients. So it was, we would go back and forth and, um, and then I just kept using it. And then gradually, you know, then I like really honestly got hired and then became the medical director. So when people say, well, why Dutch? First of all, it, it is dried urine. So it's dried urine test for comprehensive hormones. It's an acronym. And the thing about serum is you go to your doctor and say, I want my hormones tested. And they say, great, they'll run estradiol, progesterone, maybe testosterone if you're female, definitely if you're male, um, maybe DHEA, maybe not. And that's it. You get those four markers and that's all you get. And if they're quote in range, then you're considered normal. But what they don't tell you is where those hormones are going and it's the where they're going that we want to know. So Mm. I want to know, it's called metabolism. You make an estrogen, where does it go? How does it get metabolized in your body? How does it get used? What pathway is it going down? Same for testosterone. Um, Women don't realize this necessarily, but you know, testosterone gets metabolized and it can go down a pathway that causes hair growth in places we don't like, like our, you know, upper lip and our chin and um, around our nipple and on, you know, like on down our neck and it can cause cystic acne and it can cause male pattern baldness. So we start to lose hair like up in this section, you know, going back. Mm-hmm. And so, but if you've got a blood test and your testosterone as a woman look quote normal, then they're like, well, we don't know why. We don't know why you have cystic acne. We don't know why you're 
angry and we don't know why you have male pattern baldness. But yet on in urine testing, I can see all those pathways and I can go, oh, well, I know why you, you make normal testosterone, but what you make goes down this really aggressive pathway and poof, here's your problem. Here's where it is. And so that's why I like urine. Um, and then on top of that, much like your expertise, we can get like organic acids out of it. Mm-hmm. So we're not an organic acid company, but we do run a few organic acids just that go along with hormones, cortisol, that kind of thing. You can only get organic acids um, out, of, out, of, out of urine. And, so, and then on top of it, we add in melatonin and, and we do a whole lot of cortisol markers. So it became this really sort of comprehensive look of here's your estrogen, here's where it's going. Here's your testosterone, here's where it's going. Here's your cortisol, here's how it's made. Here's your melatonin, here's a few organic acids. And you could put together a much bigger picture. And that's why I like the test. And I had tried all, all the other companies. I, I've used multiple companies in my career. And um, so, I, I, so I'm biased because for sure I'm the medical director. But at the same time, like I had an account with every single company out there, almost every company. So um, I tried it all. I'd yeah. done it all. Oh, absolutely. Well, and you know, the, I, I love the the full explanation. Cause yeah, you know, the whole, the whole, the whole bias thing. It's like at the end of the day, if your soul is aligned with the mission of the company, you know what I mean? It's right. same thing here where, you know, FDN and biobotanical research, it's like, yeah, what, what they're all about and what they're trying to do is in perfect alignment with what I'm trying to do. So it's right. like, it's not, you know, it's not, I don't know, the shady bias that people think, but yeah, the, you know, the dried urine technology and all the pathways, I remember when I was first learning the Dutch, kind of an intimidating test to learn. You know, it's like yeah, the it's, dial and testosterone and now it's like 2-OH and 2 yeah. It's just like, ah, oh, you know. It's not for the faint of heart. I tell no. people, I'm like, it's, you will, it's comp- it, the, there's the C in Dutch for a reason. We are comprehensive. You're going to get a lot of info. You're going to learn a lot about yourself or your patient or client or, you know, whoever you run it on, which is, mm-hmm. which is great. You know, one compact little test. Oh, absolutely. Like organic acids, right? You run organic oh. acids and you're like 12 pages later, you're like, whoa, this is a yeah. lot of information. Exactly. But, man, you learn so much. Yeah. Well, right? and I think um, that's something I'm really passionate about in this field is, you know, obviously with functional integrative, uh, there's a lot of practitioners and clinicians that they're not going through insurance, you know, because they, they want the freedom to, to practice the way that's going to best serve their clients and patients. And, you know, we're kind of in this healthcare revolution these days, which is exciting and tumultuous in some ways. But um, I think there's a lot of practitioners out there. It's kind of the shotgun approach of like, let's run like 10 tests right? and like hopefully we find something and like right. let's throw supplements at every imbalanced marker on every test. Yep. And it's just like, that's not a sophisticated, intelligent clinical investigation. So yeah, you know, I'm, I'm very adamant about like, yeah, it depends on the clinical presentation, but like the three tests that I just will not work with a client without, yeah, you know, the, the Dutch test, the organic acids, and some good old-fashioned, unsexy blood chemistry. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Like, if we're talking bang for buck, that's going to be uh, an enormously powerful yeah. amount of data. And then the correlations, too. And I love the organic acids that you guys have been adding. Like the 8-OHDG is one of my faves. Yeah, uh, yep. Oh, Oxidative stress marker. It's a big mm-hmm. one. Yep. DNA damage. And man, when it's high, it's, you know, it's definitely scary, but the great thing is you can do something about it, which is, 
right? Like it's, it's, it's a, it's a movable marker. And, Mm -hmm. and, um, that's what I love. People are like, what do I do? I'm like, it's, it's antioxidant based. It's, it's your oxidants. It's your reactive oxygen species. It's, it's those that are causing the DNA damage. So let's, let's address that. Mm -hmm. One, remove, remove whatever you've got exposure to. And then two, let's clean it up. Yeah. And, uh, it's, that's been really, really cool. It's also been cool to sort of track it somewhat with cancer. It doesn't always track with cancer. Everybody always assumes because it is a DNA damage marker that if you have active cancer, then it should be really high. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it is. And sometimes it's not. And sometimes it depends on the person. We definitely will have people who were already seen, um, holistic practitioners, functional practitioners. So they're on some sort of antioxidants. They're getting IV therapy. They're doing things. And by the time they run the Dutch, I'm like, well, I would imagine your numbers are improving because you're actually being quite proactive about it um, from a nutrition standpoint. And so Mm. that's like really helping the marker. In fact, we had a practitioner who had breast cancer. And by the time she ran Dutch, she'd already, she did IVs in her clinic. And so she'd already gone, had several, several, several IVs and she had a whole, you know, sort of functional oncology um, supplement plan that she had gotten tailored to herself. And by the time she ran Dutch, her 80HDG was not high. And she said, but I have cancer. Mm. So yeah, girl, but you're taking care of yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, like you were doing all the things to help your DNA. Um, So it's entirely possible it was high, you know, three, four months ago. But now that you've been very, very aggressive and active in it, then it's, you've improved yourself. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, yay. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, when doubt, test don't guess, right? Test don't guess. You know, <laughs> you it's my most favorite data. thing. Absolutely. It's my most favorite thing. It's my new, right? Like now on Instagram, I'm posting all about estrogen detoxification and, yeah. um, and I get, I understand completely that people are desperate and people are sick and people don't feel good and they don't have the money necessarily to go to a practitioner who doesn't take insurance and then run these extra tests on top of it. I, I get that. But at the same time, the number of commenters who say, oh, I did that. I just started supplements and got worse. Mm-hmm. You're, you know, you're right. And, and my example on, on Instagram was about uh, DIM, methane, for estrogen detox. And it, DIM is, is like the poster child. It's the supplement you should yes. take for estrogen detox. So, but bef- for those listening, before you run out and buy it, like don't, hold on. <laughs> it's the poster child, but nobody fully understands or nobody's been really sort of um, taught that it only works in one of the phases of estrogen detox. And if that's not the phase that you have problems with, you will actually do more harm than good. Mm-hmm. And the number of women who wrote and said, yeah, that was me. I got on Amazon and ordered, ordered dim and I got all these symptoms. I felt terrible. I got headaches. I got acne. I'm like, yeah, cause you just upregulated your phase one, which is what it's mm-hmm. good for. And you neglected the other phases. And so you actually did more harm than good. And so um, that's been really eye-opening for a lot of people who were like, oh, I guess I should have tested first. I'm like, yep, it's, mm-hmm. you have to, you, it's supplements, you know, not all supplements yeah. are like, like DIM is actually quite active. It's a very active supplement on a very specific part of the body and you got to be careful. Absolutely. You know, it definitely takes that professional knowledge of the biochemistry behind it to navigate those pathways because absolutely you could be exacerbating you know whatever kind of blockage within whatever pathway we're talking i just got a a, you know somebody slid into the dms yesterday asking about (laughs) you know liposomal glutathione and like hey you know do you think i should just like grab a bottle and try it i was like oh i mean you know i see advertisements all the time for glutathione but it's not exactly something i'd be throwing down people's throats without you know some 
It, yeah, some context and history. I, had, I literally had somebody write me today and she said, I'm on N-acetylcysteine, NAC, which makes glutathione, right? And mm-hmm. she said, you know, is that, is that safe? Is, can I just keep taking it? I was like, I'm not your doctor. I can't give you medical advice. I don't know. Like yeah. N-acetylcysteine is generally, you know, pretty safe. But yeah. at the same time, like, you, you know, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what to tell you. It's, I do use it. I do love it. Sure. I, for you, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, you know, nutritional biochemistry is immensely powerful. And, you know, certainly it's like our nation has kind of been trained of like, oh, if something's wrong, you pop a pill. And so everybody's right. looking for what pill to pop. I get that, but it's like, well, we've got to understand the highly individualized nature. And so I always, you know, tell clients like, okay, your metabolism, its own, you know, unique 1000 piece jigsaw puzzle, right? And, you know, each lab test that I'm going to run is going to give us a handful of puzzle pieces, but you know, I've got to be able to put those puzzle pieces together to be able to best guide whatever, you know, uh, protocol considerations, you know, we want to input here. But, um, you know, the Dutch test, something I was thinking about with like the 80-HDG and oxidative stress and, um, you know, the, every, every disease component or, or every disease process has you know, an oxidative stress and inflammatory component. And I think uh, the Dutch test, uh, as opposed to like serum or any other type of hormone testing, does an amazing job of kind of elucidating um, patterns related to mm-hmm. oxidative stress, either, you know, damage or potential with some of those, right. uh, phase one metabolites and whatnot, or, you know, inflammation, inflammation. patterns. You speak to, um, that a little bit. Yeah, which is great. Um, so everyone wants to know about inflammation. Am I inflamed? What marker can I run for inflammation? And just like you said, so on the Dutch test, there are a few patterns we look for, um, on the Dutch test, we look at DHEA-S. The S is the sulfated form. So we have DHEA, and then you have DHEA-S. And so the S is the inactive form. To get the S on the DHEA requires um, your salt SNP, um, which makes an enzyme that puts the S on. Inflammation, the more inflammation you have, whether it's skin or gut or chemical or joint or whatever you got, it will reduce that. So when we look at the Dutch test, if I see your DHEA-S is lower, but compared to the other androgen markers, so we check testosterone, we check something called etiocalanolone, something called androsterone. If those are all normal or even high, and I see the DHEA-S is lower, then I'm thinking immediately inflammation. That or just a sulfation issue in general. The other things I look at, I'll look for a higher metabolized cortisol. The more inflamed a person is, generally the more cortisol the body puts out and metabolizes Mm -hmm. because cortisol can be anti-inflammatory to a point. And so if I see high levels of that, then I'm starting to think, oh, I bet you've got, I bet you've got some inflammation. Men, aromatization increases with inflammation. So if a man is making too much estrogen, if his testosterone is going to estrogen, then I start to think inflammation. Now, insulin can do it as well, having too much insulin. Um, And it happens in fat tissue. So men who have excessive amounts of fat tissue, belly fat especially, they will have higher amounts of estrogen. But some of these, so some of these patterns as they they come out more and more, I'm like, oh, I bet you've got inflammation. And it's really interesting that you said um, earlier about practitioners who just shotgun approach and order all these lab work. So sometimes then practitioners will go, okay, well, what do I do next? What what supplement do I give them off the Dutch test? I'm like, no, you have to address the inflammation. 
you know, or they'll say, okay, I want to suppress their cortisol because it's high. I'm like, no, right. I mean, maybe, but if it's high because they're inflamed, let's pretend they have, um, like back they're in the gut, right? They've got candida or bacteria or SIBO, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. Um, they've got whatever they're eating something they shouldn't every day. They have dairy and corn and they should not have dairy or corn, whatever it is. Yep. I'm like, if you eliminate those things, then the cortisol will naturally go down. Mm -hmm. So if you suppress the cortisol, you haven't fixed the cause. All you've done is put a bandaid on the cortisol. Right. And so that's why looking at those patterns is really nice that I can show, say to practitioners, what else is going on? And it's amazing the number of practitioners who come back and go, oh, they have stealth infections, right? They have Lyme, right. they have mold, they have whatever it is, Epstein-Barr, like address that. Mm -hmm. You go after that, their DHEAS will go up. If you address that, their estrogen their aromatization and men will go down. If you address that, their cortisol will come back into normal. Mm -hmm. So don't give out supplements for all these arrows. Like, you know, don't give an aromatase blocker. Don't give a cord necessarily, right. but unless, 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 unless you're addressing the inflammation or the infection or, or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. because yeah. <clears throat> you know, it's, it's really, um, it's really about making sure you're not treating the piece of paper and you're, right. you know, you're tr treating the whole person and right. uh, kind of putting on your clinical critical thinking hat of, you know, let's think more critically rather than just throw supplements at a piece of paper and hope we, you know, because the, the body's doing it for a reason, right? right. You know, the, yeah. the body is upregulating, downregulating, shifting all these biochemical pathways. Like there's a reason for it. It's not accidental. Right. It's like um, people who tell me that they get diagnosed with the deadly MTHFR, you know, yeah. disease. Yeah. I have MTHFR. I'm going to die of MTHFR. I know. And I don't mean to make fun of those people, but I'm like, oh, you guys, it's, it's not uh, like that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like I, it, it's kind of been way blown out of proportion um, yeah. and it depends on the person. So I get a lot of comments. I have MTHFR. Should I take folate? I'm like, well, mm -hmm. not necessarily. I don't know. You know, people have MTHFR and have no issues with folate. None. Right. So they, that might, if you don't have an issue with folate, then you don't need it. Like, mm -hmm. don't, don't take it. Let's look at other, some other things. Um, or even with estrogen detox, it's, it's actually COMPT, C-O-M-T. Uh, MTHFR is a small piece of that puzzle, but with C-O-M-T, then everyone's like, oh, I have, I have C-O-M-T. I've done genetic testing. I'm going to take all the supplements. I'm like, well, hold on. Let's see if your C-O-M-T is actually a problem. And on the Dutch test, we can see how your like estrogen is an example, how your estrogen, um, it uses COMT to go from phase one to phase two. Mm -hmm. So if you're doing it normally, then you don't have, yes, you have a COMT mutation. No, it's not showing up. It's not manifesting on the lab work. Don't right. do anything about it. You're fine. Right. Why would you take all the supplements if you don't need to? Yeah. Your body's, your body's compensated. It's doing great. It's found other pathways and other means and it's doing great. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty mind-blowing. I think, uh, like, I guess this has always been true, but especially today, we have so much amazing technology, but it definitely feels like our technology has greatly surpassed our understanding, especially, um, I would say, with genetics and the microbiome. Like, we have all these fancy tests of being able to measure this and that, but, um, you know, it's like you get that gen genetic report back and it has like thousands of SNPs. Yeah. It's like, oh my yeah. God, I'm going to die. And <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. I need to take a thousand supplements for all my, my thousand SNPs. It's like, well, the, the genetic code tells us nothing about your current state of biochemistry. Exactly. You know? Exactly. And I'd say a lot of these testing, unfortunately, and I say, and I work for a lab company, um, it's gotten rid of a lot of people's critical thinking skills. Yeah. 
you know, like everyone just looks at the piece of paper and it's like, oh, it's, it says, it says I'm low. I'm going to take it. I'm like, whoa, hold on. Like, let's, let's critically think about this. Do you actually need it? And what's really going on in the big picture, which, um, but again, I understand it's hard and it's, it can be expensive and mm-hmm. it can be time consuming and people, we all have this, can't I just take a pill for that and get insurance to cover it mindset. And totally. we need a big mind shift around that. It's just, um, humans are getting, more and more sick and we are have more and more exposure our food quality is getting worse and worse and um so it's going to require time and energy and money Mm -hmm. more than it ever has unfortunately i'm not saying it's fair and i'm not saying it's fun um but it's definitely something we have to like shift our mind around yeah actually ben lynch do you know you know dr ben lynch yeah i love him he he posted on uh, instagram recently somebody wrote him a, um, a message a dm and said I don't have time to read your book, Dirty Jeans. What would you suggest I do to help myself? And Ben was like, if you don't have time to read the book and help yourself, like, I think you need to reprioritize here. You know, you're not willing to put your health as a priority. You're basically looking for me to give you the the cliff notes, the short version of how to quote, fix yourself. And that's just not going to happen. And I was like, holy Moses, that person is never going to get better, you know, because they're constantly looking for the shortcut they don't want to do the work. They don't want to put the effort in, but it's their own body. We only get one, just right. we get one, right? One life. So you got to, you got to put the effort in. Yeah. I'll, I'll bite my tongue right now. So I don't go into a tangent about like victim mentality, <laughs> but uh, no, no, go in it. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, it's, it's so true though. Uh, and that's something I'm, I'm uber passionate about is, and again, you know, that's why this podcast, it's not just about fitness or medicine or, but also the spirituality and psychology, because I think, you know, any holistic healing type professional, no matter what their credentials, they definitely recognize just the holistic nature. And especially like I just had that post the other day about, you know, your health is a a yin yang yang of uh, psychology, physiology. And it's like, we literally have abundant amounts of literature and research that shows the power of, of our psychology, our outlook, our psycho-emotional, spiritual uh, energy and how that literally changes our physiology and biochemistry. You know, it's like breathing exercises change your immune cytokine response. And it's Mm -hmm. like, so then you start thinking about the, and and that's the thing is I want to make sure I'm not like picking on the masses that do allow their ego to kind of take over like drunk on instant gratification and high on the American dream. And because um, I think it all goes hand in hand. I think the chronic disease epidemic, the the mental health crisis that we're all in, uh, it it all goes hand in hand. I think people are very kind of locked and stuck in paralysis by analysis. So they do. They just kind of get stuck in these nasty psycho spaces. But I think that's where you know, kind of the functional medicine industry is really the tip of the spear leading the charge of like, guys, you know, let's change this. Let's change this. Let's, you know, use uh, some valid science, uh, you know, and evidence-based protocols to guide in the right direction. I could go on and on. Right. I know. I know. And you, and just be, I tell people, just be proactive. It's your health and your body. And the only person who's going to help you the best is you. And so when people, we were talking about this before we recorded, you know, when, when people write us messages, um, sometimes I can tell these people never even read the post in the first mm-hmm. place, whether it's a blog post, a Facebook post, an Instagram post, they're just writing these questions in. And sometimes I feel really bad, but I want to, I just want to be really kind of 
blunt and say, did you even read the post? Like you didn't even put in that effort yeah. to, to read. Like, and if you did, you could help yourself. Like I am making it plain as day. You're making it plain as day. All these other healthcare practitioners are giving all this free content. All you have to do is read the post and, and then you will have your answer and you will feel better. But instead you've chosen not to read the post and then just ask for free help. And I'm like, I can't help that. I can't help you. I, yeah. I, you have to read, like, just read the post. It's literally right above your comment. Just scroll down a little bit right? and, and put in some effort. And um, yeah, so I can't tell if, and I know like, you know, half of it, people are overwhelmed and overworked and over the, you know, there's so much information out there now. But on the other hand, I think people have just lost that critical thinking and they want it just handed to them and they don't mm -hmm. want to work for it. And, um, that's, that's, that's tough. That's never going to get better. You, you it's right. your health. You have to put the work in for it. I can't fix you. You can't fix me. You know, like I can only fix me. So right. you can guide me, you can help me. I can read your stuff and learn, you know, you can coach me, but like, I still have to do it. I have to put the food in my mouth. I have to get off my ass and exercise. I have to take the supplements. I have to you know, do these change my mindset. I have to meditate. You can't meditate for me. I have to journal. You can't journal for me. And so that's where I think people get really stuck. They're like, well, can't you just, can't you just do that? Yeah. <laughs> no, that was, that was holistic <laughs> AF. You know what I mean? Like, that's what's up. I love hearing that. Cause that's, you know, literally in like my, uh, podcast trailer promo or whatever the hell it is. Um, you know, I go on this, like, tangent about, uh, I, I firmly believe the only person that can heal you is you, you know, and the title doctor, this is because originally I was working as personal trainer, nutritionist and going to school, uh, working full time, going to school full time, you know, pre-med, um, and similar to you, just the, it, the path didn't make sense for mm -hmm. you know, what my, my soul was kind of calling from me. Um, but ultimately, too, you know, the word doctor is a Latin word that means to teach, Yep. you know, and so that's, that's what this is all about. I, I couldn't be more passionate about it. You literally just articulated all of that perfectly of, you know, you can't be, it's, you can't be looking externally to make yourself happy and find right. something externally to fill the void that's within your soul. Like only you can look inwards to fill that or when right. it comes to healing and, and reclaiming your health exact same thing you can't be looking to some uh please you know doctor with your white lab coat like fix me heal right. me save me i'm helpless no you know so i tell my clients during the consultation like look i'm not in control of your health you are i'm here to be your spirit animal and your, your guide along the right. scenery journey yep. <laughs> as we navigate the treacherous terrain of your physiology but yeah it's, it's awesome to hear, you know, obviously a leader like yourself saying the exact same thing. Yeah. And trust me, if you could pay me a boatload of money and just let me meditate for you and journal for you, like sure. I will do it. I mean, Find if you out. want to, <laughs> yeah, some people listening, if they're like, well, I'll just pay her to meditate for me. I will take your money because yeah. I love to journal and I will be happy to journal for you, yeah. but it will get you nowhere. It'll get me a lot of wear, but it will get you nowhere. So, totally. you know, save your money and you just have to do the work. Totally. Yeah. Right. So I'm going to want to, we're going to talk because when we were having dinner in Portland, we were talking about crystals and spirituality and we're, yes. I want to go there. But first, estrogen dominance. Yes. 
estrogen dominance is like everywhere these days. And certainly there's way more information. I feel like everybody, like I remember when I started my career as a trainer, if you were like a fitness professional that was kind of talking about some things, hormones, it was like, oh my gosh, you're so impressive. Whereas now, if you're not talking about hormones, it's like, are oh, you a dinosaur? Get out of here. And right. now it's like when people are starting to talk about gut health. You know, it, it just, it never ends. But um, nonetheless, though, estrogen dominance, if there was like a single hormone profile pattern that we just see over and over and over in men and women, it's pretty much everywhere. Like, it's what was, very, yeah. yeah, it's very common. And just for so people understand, um, in men and menopausal women, it's different. And mm -hmm. cycling women, um, it's it's the it's estrogen. Um, so our estrogen goes up and down right through our menstrual mm -hmm. cycle. So it goes up. It's low in this. It's low during our period. Then it spikes up high right before we ovulate. We need that spike in estrogen. That's normal to get us to ovulate. Then it comes down. We ovulate. Kick the egg out. And then it comes up again. It's like a second little baby bump. And then um, our progesterone comes out much higher. So when we talk about estrogen dominance, we're actually talking about estrogen in the second half of our cycle after we're supposed to have ovulated leading up to our period. And so it's, it's that second half where estrogen gets out of balance is relative to your progesterone. And so it's, you can have an, a relative estrogen dominance because your estrogen is normal, quote it in range of the lab, but your progesterone's quite low, or you can have normal or good progesterone, but your estrogen is still high because you either take too much, make too much, or you can't detox it out of your system. Mm -hmm. And so that's what we're talking about. Now, men and menopausal women are a little bit different. Men can be estrogen, quote, dominant all the time because they don't cycle, right? When, well, men, some men PMS for sure, but mm -hmm. they don't like, we don't, right? You guys don't ovulate and have cycles and all that, right. or menstrual periods and stuff. So, Men are a little bit more consistently, right? They'll have higher estrogen all the time. Menopausal women are a little different because they have very little estrogen once they go through menopause. The eggs, or excuse me, the cells on the follicles of their ovaries are done, they're gone, they don't make hormone anymore. And then women, we make um, some estrogen out of our fat tissue from um, that enzyme aromatase, and that's how we maintain some estrogen. So women, if you're taking estrogen, that's where you can sort of push yourself more into a estrogen dominance if you're mm -hmm. out of whack. But yeah, it's, I would say, and, and then for symptoms, because everyone's like, well, what's a symptom of estrogen dominance? It's usually like the classic PMS stuff, right? It's mood changes right before your period. It's heavy periods, cloudy periods, cramps, breast tenderness, breast enlargement. It can go with PCOS. It can go with endometriosis. It can go with fibroids and poly, uh, polyp development. Um, men think like breast development, belly fat, uh, they're more depressed. They're less motivated. They have erectile issues. Mm -hmm. It sounds like low testosterone symptoms, but it's actually estrogen have very, very similar symptoms mm -hmm. uh, in men. So yeah, that's this excess estrogen is super common. And unfortunately, um, again, like I said, it's because you make too much, you take too much or you can't clear it. But what the, the category I forgot is the chemicals. Mm -hmm. So it's the xenoestrogens. It's yes. the stuff in our environment that look like estrogen. They don't necessarily raise our actual estrogen count, but they bind to the receptors and do the things, right? right? They're the, they look like estrogen keys, yeah. so they bind to that estrogen lock and turn it on. Mm -hmm. And so when you test, your test might show, quote, normal levels of estrogen, but you have all those symptoms because you're just loaded down with chemicals we can't quite test for. Mm -hmm. And so that's, and men can too, men, men are the same way. And so it's very, very common.
nowadays. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. It's kind of, um, so I'm super glad you brought up the, you know, xenoestrogen, xenobiotics, and, you know, that that's its own. I'm, we'll have to, I don't know, have a podcast just about that eventually. <laughs> that's a big one. <laughs> the, yeah, the environmental toxicants, you know, it's, I think anybody that studies all this stuff, it's like, okay, infections, you know, parasites and mold and, you know, living biological organisms, uh, microorganisms, we've evolved with that stuff, you know, for mm-hmm. a long ass time. But I think what is horribly terrifying that is very much new and well, the psychology stuff, that's a different conversation, but really just from a physiological, the environmental toxicants and mm-hmm. uh, I think the radiation with you know, EMF, 4G, Wi-Fi, all this shit. Um, but the xenoestrogens, I, I think that is huge. We're yeah. killing off the planet uh, and I think we're seeing a lot of this reflected. And as a result, I feel like we're seeing a, a big rise in hormone replacement therapy really kind of being used allopathically. I, I think there's a lot of run hormone tests because you have hormone symptoms. Uh, this is low. Let's pump you full of this. Right. I don't know. I'd, I'd love to hear your take on some of that. So I, ha- I have, well, so I have a little bit mixed um, on HRT, hormone replacement therapy. Mm-hmm. I like HRT. I get really? asked this question a lot. Do you believe in HRT? Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I can prescribe it. I have a DEA license. I can prescribe it here in Oregon. Um, and I do. And I think obviously women forget, um, when we talk about hormone replacement, it can be lots of thyroid. Women are on thyroid medication. That's hormone replacement therapy. It's just thyroid. Um, and in the United States, we can get DHEA over the counter. Vitamin D is a hormone over the counter. Melatonin is a hormone. It's over the counter. And then testosterone has to be prescribed. Progesterone, you can get some forms over the counter, and then there's estrogen. So I get asked, do you like hormone therapy? Yeah, but I test, um, and I take a history into account and symptoms, um, and I'm very careful on talking about side effects and things like that. But estrogen is what gets the really bad rep, right? Estrogen is like, oh, I can't take estrogen, I'll get breast cancer. It's like, well, there's a really amazing book. Actually, I think it's right here, this one, Estrogen Matters. And it's by um, Avram Blooming and Carol Tarvis. Tavris. Oh, sorry, Carol, I just butchered your name. But Estrogen Matters, it's a really, I've highlighted pretty much the whole thing. But what it helped just to remind me is the importance of estrogen for women, for brain health, bone health, skin health, heart health. Mm-hmm. And so I see a lot on social media where um, practitioners of all walks of life, walks of training, uh, vilify estrogen, right? Mm-hmm. We need to get rid of estrogen. We need to suppress estrogen. We need to kill off estrogen. We need to cleanse estrogen. And I'm like, except it's estrogen that is preventing you hopefully right now from getting Alzheimer's and dementia at a young age. It's estrogen that's making you not osteoporotic. It's estrogen that's helping your skin be um, youthful and supple and, and healthy, right? It's, it's estrogen that's protecting your heart in, in your in your blood vessels at a young age. And then we go through menopause and our estrogen goes from great to zero almost. And we, we lose that protection. And so a lot of practitioners will talk about, well, menopause is normal. Just let it happen. Suck it up. Right. Do the best you can. And I was, and I don't, I take the opposite stance and, mm-hmm. I, and I'm not saying estrogens for everyone. I'm not saying that at all, but I am saying, um, you know, humans live a long time now. 
we didn't used to. So normal is relative. Mm -hmm. And um, we actually don't know as much about menopause, I think, as we think we do. And I think I would prefer not to have Alzheimer's and I would prefer not to have heart disease and I would prefer not to break my hip and I would prefer to have like clear, good looking skin. Although of those three, like, you know, skin is kind of like the last thing. I'd prefer my brain (laughs) and my heart and my bones. And, but, and so I think women forget that. Like we actually, estrogen's really, really helpful. It's what makes us women and Mm -hmm. it, and it helps our mood and it helps us, um, in the right balance it helps with like our weight distribution and um i just so with hrt i i i'm not against it and and in fact i lean much more pro estrogen in the right person but i'm doing the right workup mm-hmm. for sure so well, that's that's how i feel about that's how i feel about estrogen and and i get asked a lot too well can i just take a nerve for that can i just take black cohosh can i just take maca can i i'm like you can't you can for symptoms absolutely you can take black cohosh and and maca and red clover and vitamin e like they all have been shown to be helpful for some symptom management but are they going to actually give you the brain protection are they going to raise bdnf are they going to lower plaque formation are they going to help your blood vessels stay um you know uh, elastic mm-hmm. no Nope. Yeah. Is are they gonna you know help? And with bone health, it's not bones. It's um bone resiliency. It's um bone density and bone resiliency are two different things. Bone density is how like thick they are on DEXA scan. Resiliency is when they bend. How you know how how much can you bend or put pressure on them before they break? And those herbs aren't gonna help those things in your bone. So totally. those herbs aren't gonna help collagen formation in your skin. And so that's where I'm like big fan of the herbs and everything, but at the same time don't vilify estrogen without properly understanding it mm-hmm. because Absolutely. then you people, then they coach people coach out there and they post all over out there about how it's the worst thing ever and estrogen's bad and it's all bad. And I'm like, except it's not. Yeah. Right. <laughs> except, let me give you some basic biology on estrogen. Um, yeah. yeah. And, and, and again, I know I'm, I keep talking, but you're good. You're good. And again, I get like, I'll get pushback from people with severe endometriosis or, you know, fibroids. I'm like, oh, I know, I know like that, like that is not fair. And those people I feel like, absolutely. You got the short end of the stick. Endometriosis is the worst. Um, Estrogen is not the only thing that triggers endo though. There's a lot with inflammatory cytokines, infection, gut microbiome. There's a, endo is a lot bigger than just estrogen, even though it's very estrogen related. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, but again, I'm like, you still, I, you still don't want osteoporosis, dementia or heart disease. You know, some of these women who are like, all right, I'm going to have all my, my ovaries removed. And I'm like, Oh God, mm. are you sure? Okay. Yeah. yeah if sure. we can avoid having organs cut out of our body, I think that's usually a good way to go. Yeah. And I get that question a lot too. I have a lot of women in their thirties who've had a had their hysterectomy for whatever wow. reason, a full hysterectomy with their ovaries gone. And every, all of them write me and they're like, I didn't know, like my memory is terrible and my skin is terrible. I have aged overnight. I've put on 30 pounds, you know, my joints hurt. My mood sucks. Like my libido went away. My vagina's dry. I'm like, yep. Yeah. And maybe they needed it. Maybe they had ovarian cancer, right? Maybe they had like something with their ovaries that it was absolutely required, you know, but at, at the same time, then nobody teaches them the importance of hormones mm-hmm. in the female body. We just think, oh, hormones have a period, ovulate, make a baby, maybe. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, it's very, they're systemic. They're very systemic. They affect literally everything. Yeah. 
Absolutely. It's such a, a good, uh, thorough and um, well thought out answer because I think a lot of it too, again, not to go into that tangent, but just kind of the crisis of ego at the wheel is kind of what I think of right. it as. And everybody, you know, a lot of bandwagon stuff and a lot of right. like, ooh, like latch on to a little bit of something that kind of sounds sciencey. You know what I mean? It's so right. relative and so situation dependent. Um, but also, too, there's too much, you know, with like conventional versus functional. Why is it versus? Like, right. I'm all trying to like save the save right. the planet here. Um, but then, you know, you've got functional people that kind of demonize anything that's a prescription. If it's a synthetic drug or, a, you know, or bioidentical hormones, it's like, oh, nothing but natural. And it's like, okay. Yeah. I'm a big fan of always looking at nature to guide our critical thinking because like nature has been doing what nature does for millions of years. Our species has evolved for the past 200,000 years. Right. I think there's a lot to be learned by looking at the natural progression. However, boom, you know, we have this amazing technology. Uh, I mean, you look at technology today versus 100 years ago versus mm -hmm. like 1920 to 1820. All right, it didn't change that much from 1820 to 1920, but it sure as hell changed a lot from 1920 to 2020 or whatever we are right now. Um, so my point being, though, I think we have to use the best. Like, let's use some good critical thinking, but why not make the most out of the technology available to us? And so right. I think HRT, it, it's almost like the pursuit of the superhuman because yeah, maybe in the in the past we had to, uh, menopause, like that's that's just the natural natural way of life. And so and it's like, well, just because it's natural doesn't mean we can't, you know, work intelligent. Optimize it. Right, exactly. Yeah. So I think the intelligent use of hormone replacement uh, can be amazing. And a lot of times too, I get a lot of dudes, a lot of dudes that come to me like, yo, bro, low testosterone, man, like, what do I do? Um, and, you know, you can kind of chase that, chase that rabbit hole of like, well, uh, you know, it's probably because of these trillion reasons. So we have to right. run a hundred tests. And it's like, at the same time, we've got to focus on like, this is a human that wants to increase their quality of life right now. And a lot of times too, if we can do something that's going to powerfully make them feel better, mm -hmm. we're going to be able to increase the, the trajectory and momentum of whatever health building program they go into. But I think we also... I think a big part of it is like if somebody wants to use hormones, great. That's where I always tell them like we need to use Dutch testing to really be monitoring right. the effectiveness of the HRT because I kind of picture it like you've got this complex piping system that's all of your biochemical pathways and you got that funnel at the top and it's like you're going to dump a big bucket of water but then the question becomes, yeah, how are those hormones being metabolized? And we can't tell this off serum, you know, right. and that's, that's where right. the Dutch or saliva for that matter. Yeah, you know, really yeah. shining is we can see the, you know, the the five alpha reductase activity or the two four sixteen oh eight pathway. Yeah. So, right. um, you know, for uh, you know, there's going to be a mix of people listening to this thing. A lot of practitioners, a lot of trainers, a lot of just people. Um, but I'd love to before we then kind of move into like a little bit big picture holistic spirituality. Um, you know, the estrogen metabolism and and because I think that is one of the kind of focal points of the Dutch test. And one of the most robust right. um, parts of it is, you know, we've got these three primary estrogens. We have the three, um, you know, phase one. I'd love to hear, you know, the, the hormone queen speak to estrogen metabolism a little bit. Like the 101 for, for dummies that, 
you know, don't study this stuff for no, a aren't fully aware. Okay. Yeah. So you have estrogen. This and this applies to men too. I get this question. Do men yeah. have the same metabolism pathways? Hundred percent. Yep. You have estrogen, you have E2, estradiol, E1, estrone. They go through phase one detoxification. When you go through phase one, you have three pathways you can choose from. Your two pathway, your four pathway, and your 16 pathway. They become two, four, 16 hydroxy is what we call them. And so the two is less carcinogenic. It's not no carcinogenic. Everyone assumes it's healthy. It's not healthy. It's just less carcinogenic. The four has the potential to be much more carcinogenic. We definitely want to minimize the four pathway. The 16 pathway is what I call proliferative. It makes things grow. So it can increase your breast size at PMS. It can make your periods heavier. It can make fibroids and polyps grow, those kind of things. But it's also somewhat help, helpful for bone, bone growth, bone health. So it, you know, Goldilocks, right? We want, we want just enough. So that's phase one, two, four, and 16. They are known as reactive oxygen species. So for those of you who know much about detoxification, sometimes your body turns a chemical into a worse chemical before it turns it into a neutral chemical. This is, that, this is one of those times. Your estrogen gets converted into something that's actually worse, and then it has to neutralize it. So phase one, they make it worse, neutralizes it through phase two. So once you go through phase two, that's where you go through COMPT, C-O-M-T, which is what we talked about earlier. The C-O-M-T, the M-T stands for methyltransferase, and it gets a methyl group on the estrogen, and that basically neutralizes it, makes it water-soluble. Now that you're water-soluble, you're very safe, and you can get excreted out of the body. So you're a water-soluble estrogen, you're in the cell, and you need to get either urinated out or pooped out. So your body takes a little transporter, transport you across the cell membrane. It's like you get in an Uber and your Uber drives you across the membrane and dumps you either into circulation or into, which gets you to the bile or gets you to the kidneys. That's phase three detoxification out of the body. Once you're in the bile, in the intestines, and then you go out, you know, because you're packaged to go out. You can have problems at phase one. You can be a person who your phase one is really slow. You can be a person who goes down too much of the four pathway, too much of the 16 pathway. You can have a problem at phase two. You don't put the methyl on your estrogen. You don't neutralize your estrogen very well. You could have a problem at phase three. So you could have very slow Uber drivers. You could have problems with your bile. Maybe you're missing your gallbladder. Maybe you have constipation. Maybe you have a lot of gut issues. You have a parasite bacteria, you know, microbiome issues, candida, and that's screwing everything up. And so I teach it is phase one, two, three. That's the order it goes in. But you address it three, two, one. You have to be pooping and peeing regularly, and then you neutralize it, and then you work on phase one. And so it goes back to the conversation I, we were talking earlier about DIM. Everyone jumps on DIM. That's just phase one. Mm -hmm. If you have a phase one problem, great. If you don't, if your problem is at phase two or phase three, then all you're doing is making your estrogen convert into a reactive oxygen species faster. Mm -hmm. You are increasing your carcinogenic risk higher. So you have to treat three, two, one. Make sure you're focused on gut health first, then back up to the liver. Mm -hmm. So that's how you go through phase one, two, and three. I love and it that. same applies to men. Totally. Yep. One, I, I like to, you know, every uh, analogies always are helpful for, for learning. So I always explain to my clients, it's kind of like, you know, a, a sink, right? Of you, uh, you want a certain water level in the sink. You 
So you've got a few ways to control that, how much water is coming into the sink, how much water is draining from the sink. Um, so it's, it's just kind of this little bit of equation of like, oh, you know, your sink is overflowing because yeah. the drain is completely plugged and the, yeah. the faucet is on full blast. And so, you know, yeah. that's exactly um, what you're speaking to right now is we have to be thinking of that sink and it's like, well, let's make sure the drain is open before we start speeding up. Actually, you need back up from that because my analogy is always a cloth at bathtub, always. Oh. And so, right, water coming yeah. into the bath. As I've been teaching about this for years. Water coming into your bathtub is phase one. Yep. So how fast is it? How slow is it? Is it two water? Is it four water? Is it 16 water? Mm -hmm. The ability of your drain is phase two, right, to get the water out of the liver. And then the pipes out of your house that connect to your sewer system are phase three, right, because mm -hmm. you got to poop it out. Mm -hmm. So if your sewer pipe out of your house is blocked, but you just keep turning on the water and you just keep focusing on the drain, you're still going to get a blockage. You're still going to get a backup up into your clawfoot bathtub. So you have to fix the blockage at the sewer line yep. before you can fix the drain in your clawfoot bathtub before you can address the water in the bathtub. Now you can do all three at the same time, but just make sure you focus on that sewer line mm -hmm. first. You have to. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. And if you're not doing the Dutch test, you're going to have no damn clue about right. any of this. Well, <laughs> Dutch in combination with the stool test, because yeah. the stool test has to look at your microbiome stuff, but specifically mm -hmm. your beta-glucuronidase. Yep. Beta-glucuronidase is that enzyme that will cause estrogen that's going down the sewer line to get reabsorbed back into the house, mm -hmm. back up, back into the house. And we don't want that. So, exactly. Yep. Yeah. Got to yep. fix it. Mm. <laughs> Love the synchrony yep. going on. I know. Whew. Cool. Well, very cool. So, man, hormone. I mean, that's the thing we could easily talk about all the, I mean, it's like we could have a, a full episode about, uh, well, and that's where I love, you know, watching you and, and Ralph, you guys have your, um, you know, hormone series, like his yeah. and hers. Yeah. Our his and her. Yeah. His our Instagram lives. lives. Yeah. yeah. We, uh, we just, we just gotten distracted and sidetracked and, um, but yeah, in fact, I just talked to him yesterday for a solid hour. So we need to get back on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, those are great because you get like the guy, female, you know, it's the yin and yang and yeah, it, it, it works. It flows really well. Yeah. My New York Italian brother. Yeah. From another mother. <laughs> yeah. I was supposed to have him for um, a webinar tonight for FDN. I think he had to reschedule, but we'll get him yeah. September. And I'm, I commented on, I think my own Instagram post and was like, I see you, Ralph, like, you know, I'm going to drag you onto this podcast too, right? <laughs> yep. I told him, yeah, he, uh, he texted me this morning and he was like, oh no, I can't do the FDN. Do you think it'll be a problem? I was like, just, just text Brendan. It'll be fine. I'm like, oh, well, I'm going to be on with Brendan in a couple hours actually on his yeah. own personal podcast. Yeah, no, it'll be fine. He's, he's really, I'm really glad I, I met him uh, in New York. He's, yeah. he's a good guy, that Dr. Ralph. He is amazing. Yep. One of my best friends. Very good. So crystals and spirituality, you know, we're talking holistic, we're talking, um, you know, Dr. Jones is willing to meditate for any of you listening for the right price. <laughs> <laughs> or I'll journal. I, I know, yeah. I prefer journaling. I had, in fact, I have my journal right here. You know, with your journaling, because um, I know we both, uh, you know, are, are friends or talked to uh, Dr. Nicole, the holistic psychologist, which I'm dragging her on this podcast, I think in September's when we, do you do her, her future self journaling or do you have your own style of journaling or I have my you, own style? Yeah, yeah. I have my own style. I've been doing, I've always, since I was a kid, I love to write. Um, and so I've been doing journal stuff for a very long time off yeah. and on. And so I kind of just sort of 
developed um, what I like to do for journaling. So I do my five daily affirmations, mm. uh, or not affirmations, my five daily gratitudes. So yeah. five things I'm thankful for. And then I do, um, and I just divided it out. It was three. I have, wait, hold on. I'll tell you. I'll count them. One, two, three, four, four. One, two, three. Yeah, four. So then I have four daily affirmations that I have for myself that I write every single day. And then I sort of go through um, just like journaling stuff, either what I'm feeling, what I'm thinking, or just positive. Um, in um, what's the word I'm looking for when you say like I am or this, you know, like present tense stuff, you know, even though they're my wishes for the future, you put mm -hmm. it in present tense, you know, like kind whatever, like for somebody who's like an affirmation. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you say like, I am um, mm -hmm. like for like somebody who maybe somebody who's struggling with like, I am happy. I am fulfilled. I am versus I will be don't, don't put it in future tense because mm -hmm. it's, it's not, it's that's will be may or may not be attainable. So you always put it or like I, for people who are looking to exercise, right? Like I, the people like, I, I wish I could exercise three days a week, but what you change it to is I, I exercise three days a week, whether you do it or not, it doesn't matter. You put it out to the universe that this is what you do. It's yes. present. tense. So yes. anyway, I have four of those that I write down. Then I, but or four affirmations, then I journal. And then, um, I pull, um, Oracle cards. Yes. Yes. Which I have right here. These are my favorite. And I have uh, my dog, my new dog. Shoot the shit out of them. <laughs> yep. He did not get the cards. He just got the box and part of the book. But um, these are my favorite cards. I have zero affiliation to them. They just work for me. There's a million cards out there. Um, you know, and people like people will ask me like, well, what do you mean by you pull cards? I'm like, have you ever been in a store and they have like a little thing of like daily cards and you just pull and it'll say like happy or loved or gratitude or whatever it is. I'm like, these are like that, but expanded. Mm. And so, um, in fact, I've given them to my two of my best friends for Christmas. I just gave them to um, Nicole Jardim the other day because she was having a bad day. So mm. I sent her some off Amazon. I'm like, girl, you pull cards. You need cards in your life. And yeah. sent her these. So I ask questions to the universe. Um, sometimes I just pull a card of the day. Sometimes I'm like, tell me what I need to know. Yeah. And then I tune in and pull a card and then I'll journal about it. It doesn't take me very long. It sounds like it takes me forever. And people are probably thinking I journal for an hour. I don't. I don't have time for that. Yeah. Um, but I have my routine down. I know what I'm, you know, and I'm doing, and I journal a little more at like the new moon and the full moon. Hmm. Um, there's a really good book. Again, I have zero affiliation. I just love it. Uh, it's called moonology. Oh, cool. By Yasmin Boland. Um, and, and she's a, she's a big, um, she's big on working with the moon, especially the new moon for making wishes and, and, and I just love it. I have the whole thing highlighted. And, and so, um, I feel very, I have, I have my, I feel very, um, you know, like moon centric. The moon talks to me a lot. The moon gives me a lot of really good advice in my life. The moon is what told me to go to naturopathic medical school. Literally, I went to go for a run one day at night. I used to run at night and um, I don't run anymore because screw that. But I used to. And um, I went outside. It was a full moon. I looked up at the moon. I was like, wow, that's so big and bright. And the moon was like, you need to go to naturopathic medical school. And I was like, yeah. okay. I turned around, went back in the house and I called my girlfriend and I said, I think I'm going to naturopathic medical school. And she's like, yeah, it's a great idea. So. Yeah, so I work with the moon stuff. I love that. I, you know, yeah. it was which people don't expect out of me. People expect that I'm all PubMed and Google Scholar, right. and I am all those things. I totally am all those things. But I believe in the universe and all as well, and my Absolutely. my wisdom cards and journaling and positive my positive mantras and yeah. and it and it works. That's the thing. It's like I feel like it absolutely works. So 
and it's for me, I do it for me. I don't do it for anyone else. So right. I don't really care what other people think. They think totally. it's weird. I'm like, well, I don't do it for you. You don't pay me. Right. Yeah. If you pay yeah. me, I'll do it for you. <laughs> when did your opinion cut me a paycheck? You know what I'm right, saying? Right. Exactly. Your opinion is not paying my mortgage. So. Right. No. <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, or, or filling my, my soul bucket, you know, yep. um, I loved that. You know, when we were, uh, talking in Portland, um, I thought it was really interesting hearing about your spiritual practice. And I, I was saying how, you know, in, in our industry, I'm sure, you know, there definitely are the people that are just like pure hard science, like nose in the textbook and, you know, kind of tuned out from the rest. But it seems like a lot of people I, and I know for me, um, you know, I can only speak for myself at the end of the day, the, the deeper that I dig into the science and, uh, you know, the more it really does kind of push me into the, the spiritual realm. And I love everything you're saying because um, I was just writing about this the other day where we're programmed as, as soon as we're born, we get this kind of faulty belief system ingrained into our neuroplasticity to believe that we have to interpret all of the sensory input from this trippy reality. And we have to use our five, we only have five, these five mm -hmm. limited worldly senses to interpret it. And then it, it kind of feels like hypocritical because there's a microwave right there that emits these microwave radiations that we know has an impact on the food to heat it up. We know microwaves impact our cellular biology. Can we see microwaves? Can we smell? Can we taste? Can we touch? Like, no. Yeah. Um, yeah. But we, so my, my point being, I feel like, to, to think that there are not frequencies of energy that have a dramatic impact on uh, our physiology, our well-being, um, it, it's just, it doesn't make sense to me. So right. this kind of stuff, we're, we're very energetic, intuitive beings, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think um, spiritual practice, whatever that looks like, and that's the thing, you know, I'm not trying to debate religion or spirituality. No, I just, spiritual practice, I think, is essential for healing. Right. You know? Yeah, I totally agree. Works for me, so yeah. I'm going to keep it up. Totally. Definitely. I'm going to have to get some cards. I like how you're doing that, though. And, you know, I was going to say, too, um, I was just talking to somebody about this, um, the, the kind of daily, like, affirmations of, like, I will work out today or I do work out, you know, every day or, whatever it is, something I've been playing around with. I don't know if it's right or wrong, good or bad. It's all highly relative. But I've been playing around with uh, posing the affirmation as like a question. So, you know, instead of saying like, um, you know, I will be brave today, kind of asking myself in the mirror, like, how will I be brave today? So yeah. I'm yeah. trying to kind of trigger the, the brain to like get to work on solving that, you know, problem right. and thinking it through, like, how am I going to act? Well, gosh, actually... Right. How am I going to do that today? Well, and it also sort of sets the brain up for like, you are brave. You already are. That's been established. But yeah. how are you going to show it, right? How right. will I be brave today? I am brave. How will I show it? So the brain's like, oh, I'm brave. Okay. How am I going to demonstrate this, right? Or, yeah. or um, uh, you know, how, like ha happiness, joyfulness, right? Like, yeah. how am I going to be joyful today? If you're not a joyful person, if you have a lot of anxiety or depression or what have you in your life. But if you say, I think that's excellent. If you say into the mirror, how will, how am I, how will I be joyful today? It already sets the brain up for, I am joyful. Mm -hmm. I already am. So, but how am I going to demonstrate that today? And it's like, oh, oh, oh okay. The, okay. And then it just sort of clicks and right. We're just setting down that neuroplasticity of I am yeah. joyful. 
how am I going to be joyful today? I am brave. How am I going to be brave, you know, today? I am whatever it is. I am disciplined. I am organized. I am loving. I am open to receiving. How am I going to show that today? And then it just like, the brain's like, oh, we already are that thing. Great. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Sure. And neuroplasticity takes a long time to, you know, to change. Mm -hmm. I, I tell people, if you've been telling yourself a mantra over and over Again, if you identify with your thing and you say it out loud all the time, you, you belong to Facebook groups or what have you, different kind of groups where that's where you constantly identify with that thing, that is your, that is your reality. So you actually, I've had actually patients and people tell me they've left groups, they've left, they've unsubscribed from email things because they were like, I don't want that mantra being played over and over. I want a different reality for my brain. Yes. Right. So, and let's like the opposite, you know, brave, scared, or, you know, afraid, fear. I'm, you're very fear-based. So if you belong to a Facebook group or a, a, um, a, a, an an email chain or newsletter that always talks about anxiety, like your anxiety and you have anxiety and working with anxiety and anxiety, 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 anxiety. And you're like, and so it's just going to feed your brain. Like, Hey, you have anxiety and let's lay down that pathway in your brain. Right. I've had people go, I had to unsubscribe from all of that because I want to be happy and I want to be joyful and I want to be brave and I want to be, you know, all these other things. I don't want to have anxiety constantly thrown in my face because that's how I feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I love it. Yeah. It's you people. I, I think people don't realize their own power because we've been conditioned to believe that, you know, we're very limited beings with what we can do, but we have so much power, so much control. And you know, I'm, I'm excited to have Dr. Nicole on because neuroplasticity is going to be the, the focal point of that conversation. And I think that's what's that. I mean, that's one of the biggest things I love about our, our functional industry, whatever the hell we want to call it, um, is the gap in between like energy, spirituality, kind of woo woo versus like hard definitive science. It's getting really blurry, you right. know, because we're right. seeing, uh, we're seeing how it all is meshing together and neuroplasticity of, Right. It's like, it's, you know, you, we, we've historically thought of our brains as this kind of uh, hard, uh, non-malleable organ that, well, it is what it is, but now we're really learning just like our, you know, our muscles, right? We right. can train the muscle of, okay, if I train the bicep to be stronger through this contraction. Okay. So if you're always thinking these, allowing yourself to go down these negative thought patterns and the story that you tell yourself over and over, right. like you're alluding to, you, you become that, your physiology, your brain, your neural networks adapt to that. You're strengthening those pathways. Right. Um, and so I just kind of like, I know that's been a huge thing for, for my healing journey is that spiritual journey. And, you know, it's like, what's one of the best things you can do for improving your overall hormone balance? Probably like balancing your stress, you know, your right. psycho-emotional yeah. stress. Yeah. Spiritual yeah. practice is one of the best things we can do for that. Absolutely. That and sleep, man. Yeah. <laughs> people, you know, we go back to that HRT conversation where, you know, I'm sure people listening will be like, all right, Car- Carrie's saying take our HRT. I'm like, no, <laughs> yeah. I'm not saying everybody in the whole world needs HRT, but you got to work on the basics first. You know, don't, again, it's not a quick pill that fixes everything. If, if you take estrogen, but your sleep is a mess and your diet is crap and you're an unhappy in your life and you, you know, don't take care of yourself, like estrogen is not going to fix those things. Mm-hmm. It's just not. DHEA is not. Testosterone's not. Melatonin's not. I'm sorry. Like you still have to do the basics mm-hmm. first. Absolutely. Every time. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
it's always the the fundamentals of you know the the lifestyle the diet rest exercise stress reduction and you know using supplementation medication strategically yep. intelligently and move that needle a little bit yep absolutely and pet a dog because when you pet a dog you'll raise your oxy- oxytocin or a cat or yeah. what was the at the FDN conference last year you know put your hands like this oh yeah when you go like this yeah, yeah. so when you do finger pad to f- eat finger pads if you put that in front of you it'll automatically it creates the circle it right the um um can, it connects the circuit it yeah. connects the circuit right and so right. I had the whole group uh, put all their finger pads together like they were thinking and just sit with that for a minute. And it's amazing. I had so many people come up to me afterwards that go, oh my gosh, I did that. And I immediately felt myself drop down. I immediately felt myself not feel so stressed out or not feel so, you know, whatever, hyped up about something. And it really makes a difference. I'm like, I know. Yeah, it's huge. Yeah. I just it's- did a, a recording um, the other day or last week, and it was it was all about Reiki. Which oh, I love Reiki. Are, are you? Do you like Reiki? Are yeah. you into Reiki? Yeah, big under Yeah, I, I figured you you must be. Um, you know, I, I I love all that stuff, but I haven't ever studied. I didn't really know what Reiki was going into the conversation. Yeah. But it was so cool talking about it, and you know, just kind of again to some people that they, they're gonna laugh and think it's dumb, but you know, that's they're close minded. Um, <laughs> Because <laughs> I think about, you know, she was talking about, uh, you know, the, the energy, the power, the, the frequency kind of, you know, we emit from our hands of, you know, she said something about like, okay, you know, if you hurt yourself, what's the in- immediate reaction? You put your hand on it, like, ow. And it's like, you know, that healing power of touch. And so the circuit, and you know, there's just so much um, that, that we don't know. But mm-hmm. I think sometimes with all the amazing technology we have, you know, we, oh, we're so smart. We know everything. And we kind of abandon uh, things that we have intuitively known, you know, for, and that's where like Chinese medicine can sometimes be really cool is their style of medicine, a lot of chakras and chi flow and, and stuff like yeah. that. And it's not nearly the, well, you know, our pill. <laughs> Eliza scan said, you know, I don't yeah. know. It's just, <laughs> no, it's true. It's very true. I agree. It's huge. Well, I want to make sure I don't want to keep you um, all day because your time's extremely valuable, but Dutch Fest. Yes. There's Dutch, Dutch Fest, Fest happening. In October. In October. So in Portland. In Portland. So Dutch is having a conference, our first ever conference. We're very excited. And it's going to be obviously about the Dutch test, but it's going to be um, endocrinology based. Fest stands for Functional Endocrine Summit. <laughs> F-E-S-T. Oh, I yes. love it. Yeah. yeah, so it's our springboard for, um, we're revamping and growing our education. Uh, right now, everything on our website, dutchtest.com is free. Mm-hmm. All our videos, all our webinars, all our podcasts, everything is up there. And everyone, patient, practitioner, it doesn't matter, you can go watch it. And so we are revamping that and sort of bringing it next level for practitioners um, specifically. And we're going to start with Dutch Fest. So it'll be two days in Portland in October. You can get all of the information on the website. Yeah, and it should be nice weather, hopefully, in theory. Yeah. Well, October in Portland, I hope beautiful. so. Beautiful. Uh, when I was up there just last week or whenever that was. You lucked out because yeah. today is actually turning out to be quite nice. But yesterday and the day before, it was cold and it was rainy. It was like july So, yeah. <laughs> which is For sure. Not uncommon. So if you move to the Northwest, be prepared for, yeah, july But we don't have humidity. 
Not really. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm still going to somehow convince you to come to Kansas because I have to take you to dinner and return the favor. I know. And take you I to know. the Country Club Plaza. So any KC peeps listening, <laughs> taking Dr. Jones to the plaza. when, we, when I, I need to there. come to Kansas anyway. My husband's best friend lives in Kansas and um, his oldest brother lives in Kansas. Oh. So. We, um, we keep, we talk about it all the time. Like we need to go to Kansas. We need to go to Kansas. And you know, that's not something most people say. We need it to go not. to Kansas. When I, when I say that, they're like, Kansas, really? I'm like, well, it's, yeah. I don't know. And I adore his best friend and his brother too. So like, yeah. yeah. And they, they only live like, I think an hour apart from each other. So we need, yeah. to, we need to go to Kansas. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, it could always be worse. It could be Missouri or Iowa. Yeah. Or yeah. Well, yeah. I won't, I won't pick on that. I know. Huh. I used to live in St. Louis. A long time ago, but another life, another life. And I was a lot younger. Yes. <laughs> well, Dutch fest, I'm going to, I mean, uh, I'm going to say right now, like I have full intentions on being there and I just, you that know, it's, so every Ralph's day. going peer pressure. Oh, Ralph's gosh, going. Now I have to, <laughs> Ooh, I got to figure out the rest of my year, but then we'll, I know. we'll hang out at uh, the FDN conference, San Diego. In November. In fact, I just made my hotel reservation for that. I have to make my plane Perfect. reservation. Hard yeah. rock? Yep. Yep. Perfect. I got a confirmation email today. Perfect. Yeah, that'll awesome. be fun. Yeah, I'm I'm super excited. But I've I've got to go to gotta to go to Dutch Fest. Gives me another excuse to go to the Pacific Northwest because I'm determined yeah. I gotta find like where do I wanna live, you know? Like yeah. gotta you're showing me the quadrants on the maps, so now I gotta pick my pick Your my area. Yeah, my area. Right. Yeah. Well, very yeah. cool. So Dutch Fest, check that out. You're revamping all of the um, education. Uh, but there is, there's a ton of amazing free education that you um, put on on the Precision Analytical website. And then, of course, your Instagram, which you're extremely active on. And it's just an absolute mm -hmm. wealth of free information. It's, I think it's just Dr. Carrie Jones. Is there an underscore in there? Or there's a period. Dr. Dr. Carrie Jones. Yep. Perfect. Yep. And we have all of your information. We'll be, you know, posting it all over when we... Uh, drop this episode out there, but, um, certainly you guys listening, uh, hormone queen herself. So be sure to check her out on Instagram, follow her, um, go check out the precision analytical. I think metabolic solutions will do like a little Dutch, um, test and interpretation kind of promo thingy in, in honor of this convo. Cause, uh, it's just a, an extremely valuable, you know, clinical tool that, um, I feel like it's just a total game changer, you know, within hormones and endocrinology and being to navigate some of those more complex cases as you piece all together. But, um, more than anything though, like love the hell out of you. You're the best. Likewise. Uh, I'm thank, so glad you had me on. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much. I mean, your time is extremely valuable. You're an international speaker all over the place. So, um, hanging out with me both in Portland and, uh, on this podcast, like it really does mean the world. And I know a lot of people are going to benefit from it. Awesome. Oh, I love to hear that for sure. Well, thanks again. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. And I'm sure we'll <laughs> be talking again, um, really soon, but I'll definitely have to make it out to Portland and, uh, I will probably run into each other like at least one or two more times before the at least, at least, at least. It's how it works, for sure. <laughs> yeah. We'll enjoy the rest of your day. Uh, we'll talk to Dr. Ralph. We'll get him uh, rescheduled, drag him on this podcast, and then we'll have a, a dude's version of this conversation. <laughs> Which will be fun, for sure. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Awesome. Thank you, cool. my friend. All right. You're the best. Bye. Love you. <laughs> Bye.